Hey everybody, welcome to the Apolog Podcast. I'm your host, Simon Head. Before we get started, I have a few things to pitch here. First thing is, please go to fetchclass.com, a teaching and learning system for music teachers and students to learn and be taught and teach. Please go there. Also, please, when you're on my website at theapolog.ca, please make sure to click on the Amazon link, whatever country you're from. There's one for Britain, there's one for Canada, and there's one for the United States of America. And there, you can actually bookmark that link. Every time you shop on Amazon, you're supporting the show. It's very helpful to me, and uh, thank you so much. Also, letting you know that I'm doing a Patreon campaign. You can go to patreon.com slash Pledge whatever you want, as little as you want. If you think this show is worth pledging, then do that. That'd be very cool. Also, make sure you follow me on Twitter at SimonHead666. Like the show on Facebook. Be sure to rate and review the show on iTunes. And I think that's about it. My guest today is Aaron Burkett, who is the co-owner of Fat Records. Fat Records, uh, for you who don't know, and you probably all do, but Fat Records is a record label based out of the Bay Area, San Francisco area, and they've been doing punk rock for 25 years, and they're celebrating a 25-year anniversary this year. And I sat down, and we talked over the internet with Aaron Burkett, and it's very cool to, to that someone just sort of made something happen from nothing. And that's kind of what the show's all about. And ladies and gentlemen, I give you Aaron Burkett of Fat Records on the Apple Log Podcast. Burkett of Fat Records, co-founder of 25 Years Now. That is an unbelievable feat based on the people you work with. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty unbelievable. I mean, I, I, you know, people ask me all the time, did you ever think this was going to be 25 years? And I, I didn't think it was going to be one year, mm-hmm. let alone yeah. 25. I mean, it's, 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 uh, I, I'm amazed. Yeah, and it's basically DIY that just lasted a long, long time, right? Like uh, you just said, screw it. I want to. We want to put albums out, and we want to be a band that can put albums out. Did it, and it grew yeah. from there, right? Like it, obviously, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. It was not. I mean, I think that people think that when I talk about, if you talk about Fat Records and you say, well, we've been we've been relevant for twenty five years, I feel like people think that that means there was some sort of a plan or some sort of forethought or some sort of preconceived notion. And I I can't be more honest when I tell you there was none of that. It was really just Mike and I were two punk kids and we came from the school of DIY and we wanted to put out no effects releases. And we just thought, what the hell? We can do this, can't we? How hard can it be? It was absolutely a hobby that thankfully turned into a career mm-hmm. somewhere along the way. I'm not even sure exactly when that happened, but yeah. it did. And all of a sudden it just feels like poof, it's 25 years. And I can't, it's, uh, I would have never, ever thought that this label would actually still be around. 
25 years later and we're so lucky and blessed and you know blah 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 all of that <clears throat> <laughs> no but it's true i mean i hate i i feel like i i talk about the fact that fat is a family and and but i and i feel like it sounds cliche but i can't i don't know how else to talk about this it's just these are my these are my this is my family this yeah. is my life these are my people and mm -hmm. i don't know how else to talk about it except to say that but sometimes i listen to myself and mm -hmm. i hear it and i go oh god that sounds so cliche <laughs> just stop saying that and i go i can't well the whole idea of starting something and having it work it's such a nobody you, you think of people who put a business plan together and say we want to be a record label and we want to make a million records okay. sold and we're going to do this, and these are the things, and these are the things we're going to do. The problem with having so many plans is that when they start going wrong, you start having to compensate and trying to juggle what's right, and then all of a sudden you're in a sinking ship situation. Exactly. You, and you guys lucked out, like really, you know what I we mean? We did. Yeah, no, we really did. Yeah. We hit the jackpot. I mean, we we were so lucky to meet uh, bands like Lagwagon and No Use for Name and Propagandi and Good Riddance and Strung Out, like. The list goes on, but we were so lucky to meet this amazing group of musicians and artists so early on mm -hmm. in in the start the start of this company, and form these relationships. I mean, yeah. we would be nothing without these bands. I mean, yeah. yeah I, I mean, uh, obviously, there's a little bit of business involved as well. But for the most part, if we had not been in the right place at the right time, mm -hmm. we would be nowhere. You know. Yeah. And. And I, and we're very much aware of that. Yeah, yeah. And the whole yeah. the whole there was an epitaph connection between No Effects and 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 did you take any ideals from the epitaph model? I guess <laughs> uh, to 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 do um, something, or did you try to do the exact opposite and it worked out? No, I mean I I can't say anything bad about epitaph. I think epitaph was 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 fair yeah. with No Effects. I have a lot of respect for Brett, and I think that their dealings with no effects was definitely honest and forthcoming. And for the most part, it's just that once fat, we, we started out doing no effects releases, mm -hmm. and then we moved on because after those seemed to do relatively well, we thought, okay, let's put out other bands. And then when we got to a certain point in the mid 90s where we had, you know, Lagwagon and, and, and um, No Use for Name records that were really, really doing well. And obviously we had that at that point put out um, Good Riddance and Strung Out and Propagandi and other bands. At that point, it was sort of a conversation that Mike and I had in which we thought, you know, it's kind of silly that your band is at this point on Epitaph because I can't, I, we feel like we could be doing everything that Epitaph is doing. Mm -hmm. And yet Epitaph would, fat would be reaping the benefits of that instead of Epitaph. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so there was literally a conversation in which Mike just sat down with, with the band and said, here's the deal. If I give you guys everything that Epitaph is giving, <clears throat> if I offer you guys that, why don't you come over to Fat? And they kind of looked at him, I think, at one point and said, well, why would we do that? And Mike just said, well, because I would be making more money instead of Brett. <laughs> and, <laughs> the, and the whole band just kind of went, oh, that makes sense. Okay, mm -hmm. we'll do that. And it yeah. was it was pretty much that simple yeah, yeah but to be honest i was a little bit nervous because um no effects at that time was doing really well on epitaph mm -hmm. and it it made me a little bit nervous to sort of mix it up because i just kind of thought like i don't what if we fuck it up again mm -hmm. we were two diy kids who started this project 
for lack of a better term, when we were in college and we really didn't know what we were doing in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And so every time we were successful, as much as it pleased me, obviously, there was still this element of surprise Yeah. where I just kind of thought, wow, this is really working. And yeah. I think we've managed to convince everybody we know what the fuck we're doing, but we really don't. <laughs> and so then when we talked about bringing no effects over, I thought, what if we fuck this up? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I don't want to mess this up. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, luckily it all worked out and... We didn't fuck it up, thank God. But I mean, that's the whole idea behind having it work. You know, having it work is a lot of luck, and it's a lot of perseverance, and it's a lot of what if, what could go wrong. But I like the fact that you just sort of wake up and go, oh my God, everything's working. What are we doing right? And there's no, <laughs> how do we, how is this working? You know, I, I love yeah. that. You know, because that's essentially being in a band and being popular you can try to engineer your way into the charts and you can try to sell a million records, but ultimately it's just people like it or they don't, you know? It's not up to you. It's not up That's to exactly you. That's exactly right. It's yeah. not up to you. Yeah. And so you have to put a lot of faith in other people mm -hmm. and trust. It's, it's, you know, it's always a gamble. There's, there have been a lot of records on Fat that I thought are some of my favorite records where I just thought, oh my God, this is really, people are going to love this. And it, falls short mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i never understand it i just yeah. think what you guys aren't getting this why what do you not understand about this yeah. record you're wrong yeah. yeah and then other records that i like but aren't my favorite and they do really really well and you know it's just it's not up to you no no i really like the uh the bracket records that came out uh really i can't did. believe you just said that i can't believe you just said that because that is my one that's my that's it that's yeah. it for me i don't understand why the entire world doesn't adore bracket i don't exactly. get it exactly they were so They're nice so good <laughs> and really cool dudes the idea well snfu took them out in the 90s i guess the mid 90s when they had first yeah. came out and uh yeah. they were like the nicest <clears throat> boys to tour with I and mean, it was joy killer snfu and bracket but the drummer from Joy Killer broke the bass player from Bracket's arm by wrestling. And that canceled their Seriously? tour for them. Yeah, that's canceled the tour for them. So the last show was in Cleveland, and I stepped in on bass for like five songs so they could get paid really? enough money to get I home. I mean, was it Zach? It might have been Zach. It was, yes, it was Zach. That's right. I think it's Zach. I think it's Zach. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and it was just one of those freak accidents and then uh yeah so they had to go home but then snfu took them out again into canada and actually i think there was a split single between bracket and snfu that i don't even think even came out where bracket did an snfu song and snfu did a bracket song yeah. i don't know about this i don't even think it came out but we recorded it when we were doing fulaba so that sort of oh. ideas to when it when all that was going down so yeah i wonder what happened to it i don't know i know that there is a my stepson, uh, the song, uh, but SNFU covered a version of that. So somewhere, somewhere, sure. there's a version of that. Yeah, it's just so funny to me that you mentioned that band because that's the one band that's like I, I always bring that up. I always say I don't get it. Yeah, Bracket's so amazing. Why is not? Why isn't everybody see this? Definitely. I mean, the whole idea of the, you know, well, maybe, maybe it was music television. Maybe I don't know. Maybe did they have? You know, was it? Was there a stranglehold in music television, you know, <laughs> that sort of screwed Maybe. them? Yeah. Because they're that, an odd-looking yeah. dudes, right? They're not like, they're definitely not models, you know? Maybe that was... I know, but... Yeah, but we've had a, we have a lot of bands on Fat that are not models. Yeah, I guess and, so. 
Yeah. And look at fucking Weezers. Like the big, they're the, the biggest nerds on the planet, and it worked yeah. for them. Yeah, it's true. They were the right? foref- the forefront of n- nerds rule. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I don't think it, you can be nerdy and geeky, and that sort of kind of works for some bands. So. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. They're great. Yeah, That's all I'm saying. we should ask them. Hey, bracket, why aren't you famous? We'll ask them that question. <laughs> oh God, what if they turn the finger back and go because you didn't blah blah blah? <laughs> yeah, we, if we had that extra video. We totally would have made it, and it's all your it's fault, totally, Aaron Burkett. We were about ready to break, and you didn't approve this video. Well, ain't that the way, though, right? You know, it's same thing, yeah. same idea of everything. You know, you have best laid plans, best intentions, and then you yeah, know, maybe it's maybe if you try to plan something out too much. It just it's just fails. I don't, you know, everybody. <laughs> I just think that I, I sometimes feel like certain bands come out, and I just feel like. <sighs> they're playing to an audience that doesn't understand them yet. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they're one of those bands that like maybe 15 years from now, but see, I having said that it's already 15 years later. Right. Yeah. Cause that's how old we are. So that doesn't even work. Maybe mm. 50. I don't know. I don't know. Then it becomes uh, hidden because then there's a weird statistic out there on the pop radio. So I think it's 15 or 18 singles per month. Like think about really? that. Yeah, that's how many songs yeah. we have to all listen to uh, on that bad radio station or whatever. But yeah, that's why I don't listen to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are you? Why does actually? I... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is your? What is your like easy listening like driving down the road radio station? If I don't, I know this is going to sound terrible, but I actually don't listen to the radio, and I have not in probably fifteen or twenty years. Mm-hmm. This is the thing about me. My friends always make fun of me because I'm in the music industry. I run a record label. I've been doing this for 25 years. <clears throat> I'm, a po- I'm a person that is supposedly supposed to be in the know mm-hmm. about contemporary music. And I don't know anything about anything that is not punk rock. It's all I know. It's yeah. all I've ever listened to since mm-hmm. the time I was like 14 years old. Maybe you can throw in some Beatles here and there. Like, but to. other than that, <laughs> I just really only like punk and I don't venture out. And it, it, it really is the butt of a joke all over the place because all my friends are like, how do you not know who this person is? I mean, even, even band members like Joey Cape will be like, well, how can you not listen to this? I'm like, because mm. I only like punk. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, that's all I listen to. I never listen to the radio. Well, that's because you're an expert at that that makes it easier for you to not be swayed i guess by outside forces <laughs> like bad music i guess but i'm pr- i'm probably missing out on something but i don't feel like i am nah. until somebody until somebody proves me wrong i'm just going to keep it's been working for me all these years so yeah. i'm sticking with it yeah what's your go to what's your go to childhood records then uh i love adolescence i probably listen to that record you know, the, the original, mm-hmm. probably, I don't know, 250 times. I was a huge Seven Seconds fan when I was a child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love how I'm saying it like I was, like I was a little baby. <laughs> I mean, when I was a teenager. Yeah. I know, really. <laughs> um, and then I've got, like, I've got a lot of stuff that just lasts, like, you know, forever. I mean, I can't, you can never listen to The Descendants enough. Like, who doesn't love The Descendants? Mm. But then I have weird things like that Faith Void split that came out mm-hmm. that I can't get enough of. I love that record and I mm-hmm. listen to it all the time. And in fact, I was listening to it the other day 
And then I had this moment of thinking about, you know, we just signed pairs. Mm -hmm. Wow. And I was listening to the pairs record and all of a sudden I was like, that's what this makes me feel like. It makes me feel like I'm 15 years old and angry again. And I yeah. love that. Wow. And I'm not even saying that pairs sound like faith or void, but I'm just that, that connection to me with yeah. the essence of it. And I yeah. was like, this is why I like pairs. Amazing. I get this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so you guys as uh, teenage, you and Mike met in college. Is that, is that what you're saying? We did. Yeah. We did. We had a weird, um, I, <laughs> I grew up in a small town um, in California called Penryn. And Mike grew up in Southern California. And so we both decided to go to, to, well, unbeknownst to each other, but we both went to school in San Francisco. And one of my best friends at the time lived in Santa Barbara. And at that time, all of No Effects was living and practicing in Santa Barbara, except that Mike went to school uh, in San Francisco. And so I was always trying to figure out how to get rides because we were all broke and nobody had cars and mm -hmm. we certainly didn't fly at that point. Mm -hmm. No one had money for that. Um, and so I was always trying to get rides back and forth from San Francisco to Santa Barbara to go down to see my girlfriend. <clears throat> and so she said to me at one point, there's this guy and he goes to your school and he's in a band called No Effects and I'd never heard of them. She goes, but the rest of his band lives in Santa Barbara and they play these like, you know, shows in Galita or whatever. So find him. And I was like, really? It's a school of like 40,000 people. I'm just supposed to find this guy. And then one day I parked in a parking lot and there was this van and it had graffitied all over it. The side of it just said, no effects, blah, blah, whatever. So I was like, well, this must be the guy. So I just literally ripped off a piece of notebook paper and I wrote on it. Hi, you don't know me, but my friend lives in Santa Barbara and I want to ride down there. The next time you go down for band practice, I'll pay you for gas. Here's my phone number. And I left it on the windshield of the van and I went to class. And then he called me like three days later. He goes, okay, I'm going down. Me and my girlfriend are gonna go down. <clears throat> you can get a ride. And so I went down there and it was the like, most miserable experience ever. Him and his girlfriend, first of all, they were blasting RKL so fucking loud that I couldn't, I was sitting in the back and RKL was so loud that I couldn't, like it was shaking my skin. Like I couldn't hear anything. And then in between songs, all they did was fight. Him and his girlfriend, <laughs> Wendy, they were arguing about like whose turn it was to drive, where they were going to stop to eat. Like what, it was just the most miserable experience, the worst like six hours of my life. And he double charged me for gas. Wow. I know exactly how much it, yeah. I know exactly how much it costs to fill that van and he charged me twice the amount. Wow. I was like, this is fucked. <laughs> and that's how we met. <laughs> so... How many more trips did you take down? Obviously one more. <laughs> he... I had to get back. Yeah. I had to ride back. And then after we got back, it turned out that we had all of these mutual friends. We kept right. running into each other and, you know, seeing each other at shows and parties and whatever. And we just actually, we were friends for two years before we ever started dating. So it was very much a natural, mm -hmm. which I think is why, because we were friends for so long and there was absolutely no, um, interest at that point it was just you know i had a boyfriend he had a girlfriend everything was normal mm -hmm. i think that is has a lot to do with why we've been able to not be together and still maintain our friendship and run the label i think you know because it was all based on a friendship to begin with so yeah. i think that has really helped us it must be tricky i mean i i i you know we don't need to go down there but it's it is it must be hard yeah. <laughs> but you have to you have to basically put things aside and i've always been confused on how people can 
be together and then split up in the same band because that happens. Yeah. And it never yeah, works yeah. out good. Yeah. It, it never works out. It's never good. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but, you know, it, it is a business and you have to sort of know where things priorities, you know, you have. For us, it's just you know we have a daughter. She's ten, mm-hmm. and so and and I was seventeen years old when I met Mike, and we started dating when I was nineteen. Mm-hmm. So the two of us, we built this label together. We grew up together, and so all of these relationships with all of these bands, we formed them together. These are all yeah. mutual relationships, and so it doesn't. I mean, obviously, it's not ideal. Divorce sucks. Yeah. It's not fun for anybody. But I'm just saying, there was a point at which you just say, okay, I'm gonna. I'm going to put on my big girl pants and I'm just going to, yeah. I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a grown up about this. And mm-hmm. I'm just going to, you know, you just have to move on and figure out a way to make your new, the new definition of your relationship, just make it work. Yeah. And because, because otherwise I would have to turn my back on something that I've spent 25 years of my life building and it, or he would, and either it would, way, yeah. either way. Yeah. It would suck for everybody involved. Yeah. So you just have to be a grown up and figure out how to make it work. And yeah. our what we've done, in my opinion, is too important. And yeah. I'm not going to do that to my bands or my kid. No. no. You know, we also have a child. Yeah. So none of that, none of it, none of it works without us somehow figuring out how to make our shit work. The chemistry between you two is what made that label. And you got to keep yeah. that chemistry because you two are the two pillars of that. Keep that thing strong. Moving. Yeah. If one of you left, like, um, it's a really horrible example, when, but when Brett left Epitaph for a little while, yeah, Epitaph lost all their the Down by Laws, S and a few. It doesn't work. Because all yeah. the lawyers took over and said, yeah, we're, who's not making us money? Bam! And then it turned into, um, I don't know, not Epitaph. No, I agree. I just feel like, I mean, I'm not, <clears throat> it really is, the, the, the chemistry that built that label was Mike and I, and I think... Or, or is Mike and myself. And the good news is that our business relationship has always been great. So yeah. I think that is what, that's what was easier to deal with mm-hmm. in the breakup because we didn't have business problems. We had personal problems. So yeah. as long as we're able to separate that crap, then we make it work. Yeah. And he and I have always been great business partners because he's a little bit more of a risk taker. And I'm a little bit more conservative. He's a little bit crazy. And I kind of have always reeled him in a little bit. And so I think that balance is what has always really worked for the label. Yeah. And I think if you have one without the other, you're just too far gone. Like it doesn't, the reason it works is because we meet in the middle. Do you ever have big screaming, throwing books at each other arguments though? Has that ever happened? Over, um, but over, over business decisions? Nah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. I mean, yeah. we definitely don't throw books, but yeah. I don't know. Records. <laughs> you, know, you can't. You can't. You can't. You can't have a history with somebody for thirty what two years, however long it's been. Yeah. You can't. You know, you're gonna. Yeah. You don't always. You don't always agree on everything. Yeah. Yeah. But that's. But that's the thing about family. You know. Yeah. yeah. You don't family. Family is family, and that's yeah. that's what I feel. Like I've never understood these couples that spend their whole lives together and then get divorced. And then they just don't talk anymore. That doesn't make any fucking sense to yeah. me. It's like, what? I don't get that. How do you have this? You have this whole history. Yeah, you're turning your and back on that, which is why. It doesn't make any sense to me. I just feel like everybody can move on. And he's very happy with his fiance. And I'm very happy with my boyfriend. And mm-hmm. like, but that doesn't mean that we don't 
share this history and we can't still be part of each other's lives and run this company together and raise mm -hmm. a child. Like one doesn't negate the other. Yeah. I don't, I've never understood that mentality. It doesn't make yeah. any sense to me. Well, I, I'm, you know, hats off to you because ego and all this crap gets in the way. And then, you know, off you, yeah. you know, and you guys, you know, have made it work. And that's, that's important because we wouldn't be getting this thing like this outdoor show and all these things that it takes a big time to plan all this stuff, right? Like, Oh my God, it's crazy. Would it's you so crazy. wishing it was 30 years is more important than 25. And then you'd be like, okay, we got five years <laughs> and then we'll put this thing together. It'll be awesome. You know? Well, you know, what's funny is that we actually tried to do this. I don't know if you know this, but we had a 13 year anniversary party Yeah. and it was supposed to be our 10 year anniversary party. We didn't have a 13 year because we thought 13 was so magical. Mm -hmm. We had a 13 year anniversary party because we talked about it when it was 10. <laughs> we couldn't get our shit together for three years to make this anniversary party happy, <laughs> happen. And so this time when we started talking about it a year ago, we kept bringing that up. We're like, okay, let's not fuck it up again. Like, yeah. <laughs> let's actually make it our 25 year. Let's do it in the actual year that it's 25 years. Yeah. Let's make it happen. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I, I'm not gonna lie to you, it's been a lot of work. Oh, I bet. Just trying to get <laughs> all these people back together, uh, back in your fold, because I know propaganda has been gone for years. Years. I mean, that was yeah, huge yeah, yeah, for me. Yeah. Huge for me because yeah. I thought there was this whole disconnect. And I, 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 the way I, you know how the rumor mill turns and they don't get the actual story. I'm thinking they, they must have just been hating each other. But it's like, I think obviously. Now, I mean, you know, they wrote songs and there was some, you know, yeah. there was a tip for tap. But here's the bottom line this is it. It's flattering. Again, it's going to come back. It's going to come back to family. And I can't say anything other than that. The bottom line is you don't always get along with your sister but she's still your sister yeah. and so you just figure it out and mm -hmm. again this is the whole thing about why we always sign one record deals because if a band is not happy with us then they should be able to leave mm -hmm. we don't want them to leave we're going to be sad that they've left but i don't ever want a band to be on fat records because they have to be because right. they signed a contract that says you owe us your next record. That doesn't feel good. Right. I want a band to choose to be on Fat Records because they think that this is the best fit for them. Mm -hmm. And all of the bands that have ever left Fat and they've gone on to do other things, I understand that. It, of course, it makes me sad sometimes, but I get it. Like these people are my friends and I want them to be successful. Mm -hmm. And if they feel that some other label is going to be a better fit for them, then I get it. Like it's their career. They've got one shot at it. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. If you think that this somebody else is going to be better at it, I'm sad, but you can yeah. always come back. Like yeah. that's the thing. So for yeah. us, yeah. you're always welcome back and we're yeah. also going to be friends. And thank God. I mean, I love that Propagandi's flying into San Francisco and doing the show. That's so yeah. fun for us. And here's the cool thing that I've been just thinking about one album deals that for instance, a band that's on the way up, can go to whatever label they want. If they feel they can get yeah. a better deal, it cleanses your label of yeah. of clag, of crap. So this, <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, think about yeah. it, right? So when, I'm sure yeah. you've thought this out, but I'm just putting it together myself because, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, but when, it, when a good label goes, they, they go to a higher thing, sell millions of records potentially, Fat Records yeah. wins in the end because all the back catalog or the back catalog album is there ready to be sold. Absolutely. Just like um, Sub Pop did the same thing with Nirvana and stuff, right? Like, yeah. 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 I mean, you know, for example, Rise Against is a good example. Mm -hmm. 
We've got Rise Against back catalog that sells really, really well for us. Mm-hmm. Did we want them to leave? Of course not. No. But it was a good choice for them at that time, and it worked out well for them. So oh, yeah. we're all still really good friends and more power to them. And in the end, we're all still actually benefiting from that. Yes. I'm yes. Not, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm, we're, we're, we're realists here. We yeah. can only, you know, we're a great label, and I do believe that. But we've, we've got a ceiling, yeah. and I think, yeah. you know. And then the other side of it, when the band is in their twilight years, they can, uh, they can essentially not have to put another album out because they're contractually, they don't need to exactly. do it. I mean, exactly. if the whole industry worked this way, we would have such a nice flow of what's good uh, yeah. being put in the forefront and what's bad has a chance, but then you got your chance and move on. Yeah, but what you're saying would would in, would would, nece- would necessitate that we don't treat bands as a commodity, which no. I don't think we do at Fat Records, but mm-hmm. most labels do, and that's the difference. Is that yeah. I mean, again, it comes down to what I really feel about our relationships with our bands at Fat Records. Mm-hmm. These people are my my friends; they're my really good friends, and we go to each other's birthday parties, we vacation together, our kids play together. It's like, incredible. These are these these people are part of my family, so. We don't treat them like a commodity mm-hmm. and that's not, I don't think that's the norm. No, So definitely. I think, I think that's the difference. But then they, they don't, they're not putting themselves in a position to be treated as a liability as well. So right. if you've signed a three album deal with a band that changes all the members around, that isn't the same band you signed, but they have a three contract yeah. album contract with you, they are now a liability to you. So absolutely friends are yeah. not, <laughs> it, it gets, you know, it gets tricky, I, you know? I know what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So, but I I'm, just think, I think a one record deal is a better deal all around for oh, everybody involved. Yeah. I think everybody <clears throat> should turn, take a, take a, a, a page from that with everything, with the music industry being so weird as the way it is like Elton John selling, he just signed a deal. Why? <laughs> yeah. No, that seems <laughs> it's odd and strange and wrong. It is odd. And and I yeah. he could he could play his whole life out in Vegas and do his show and right and be fine take it take a page out of Celine Dion's bio yeah. or something just go away just go, <laughs> we're sorry just go away. as a <laughs> member of Canada I apologize for Celine Dion um <laughs> I wholeheartedly apologize Not for Celine fault. okay all right I didn't meet Not her I don't know her she's from a different part of Canada <laughs> I don't know but that's uh, it's not your fault. Yeah. So uh, what's the count of releases you have? Do you have an actual count? Oh, God, I knew. People ask me this question, and uh-huh. I know I'm supposed to know the answer. I know. It's got to be around 400. It has to be. Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing. We started signing. I, I can tell you by catalog numbers. Mm-hmm. We started at catalog number was 501, and then we worked all through the fives and all through the sixes and all through the sevens was meant to be seven inches. Mm-hmm. But then we had to like, I don't know if this makes any sense to you what I'm saying, but mm-hmm. I'm saying numerically speaking, we assigned them all these numbers. Mm-hmm. And then we had to come back around and use some eight. So we've got to be like in the mid 400s. Mm-hmm. It has to be. How, how big is your space for holding? That's a good way of looking at it too. Like where all your CDs are housed in albums and things like that. Five thousand square feet, but we've got um, tiers. Stories, yeah. yeah, yeah. We've got those like pallet racks where we've got like two stories. Wow. 
And then plus we've got all of no effects of storage equipment. I mean, uh, musical equipment in, yeah. in there as well. Yeah. Everything just gets dumped in there. That's incredible. There's a whole tour attached to this 25 year thing. It just goes to Europe and it's in North America. Same bands on both sides of the ocean. We mixed it up because, um, well, we're doing Japan as well. Yeah. And what, what happened was, you know, it's not, it's not that easy to get all of our bands in the same place at the same time mm -hmm. with their schedules and make it work. So, you know, there's a few bands that got left out here and there, which is a huge bummer. Like I really would have loved if Mad Caddies had have been, could have been on this entire tour. It just, you know, other people, they book a year in advance and they've already got festivals booked in Europe and what have you. So <clears throat> we're doing these uh, shows for two weeks in North America. And then we've got a Japan that it's continuing in Japan in November, which is like a big lag time. Um, and we, and I, I haven't been to Japan in like five years or so. Mm -hmm. And we've never done any kind of like fat records festival in Tokyo. So that's really exciting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but so with that, like we, we have bands like Snuff are playing Japan and Snuff's not on any of the American dates. So we, it's, it's, we mix it up a bit. And then also in San Francisco, we've got a lot of bands that are not on the rest of the tour just because we're doing a two day outdoor festival. Yeah. So we could actually like, we, we actually block, we got permits from the city and blocked off the street and are putting up stages like, you know, warp tour type style. Right downtown. Um, and we have, <laughs> two yeah. whole days of, of shows just it's gonna be awesome i wish i could come to that i'm try. i had chris on and i off i'm like do you need a sound man and he's like no <laughs> they have their sound man do you need a guitar tech you know Aww. we're all covered okay i guess i could somehow get down there <laughs> but man that's semi so amazing yeah i because chris told me his part of but how he met up with you guys and with with mike uh i guess in winnipeg or or sent them a sent you guys a tape or something and and yeah. and it was like love at first sight and 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 he laughed really hard when mike's like telling him on the second record like why are you singing that way why are you singing so metal <laughs> and he's like well that's the way i am i'm just a metal guy you know so that was that's so funny because yeah. i've always it's funny because i've always thought of propaganda as kind of a metal band yeah like I mean, to me, yeah, they're pretty metal. But then they put out this record. Their first record with us was so poppy and so, you know, yeah. I, that to me was actually not the quintessential propaganda sound. And I yeah. love that record. Yeah. But they're pretty metal, and like, and they yeah. moved on and put on some more metal records. But yeah. I remember listening to that. He, they actually gave us a tape, an actual, you know, back when they used to have tapes. Yeah, cassette. An actual tape. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember we were in Hawaii, and we had this rented car, and Lagwagon and No Effects were doing a show together in uh, Honolulu, in on Oahu, and the very first time Mike had met Chris in person, but I wasn't with him at that time, and so he brought the tape back, and we were like sitting in the car in Hawaii, and he put this little cassette tape in, and I remember sitting in. Oh, in the car in Oahu, listening to this, going, "This is fucking amazing!" Mm -hmm. Like, and just getting really excited, and going, "This band actually wants to work with us." Mm -hmm. Just this feeling of like, this, again, it's. I know it sounds silly, but I just 
all along the way, there was just an element of surprise of like, I can't believe we're actually pulling this off. <laughs> and are you telling me that this band that I'm listening to this demo tape, which is so great, they actually want to be on fat? Like this is, you know, <laughs> I just felt like a, a punk kid, like a little 14 year old punk kid. The fan. <laughs> like feeling like I can't. Yeah. A fan. Yeah. Exactly. The fan. Yeah, the whole idea that um, how that record exploded and it set them off into uh, Explosionville and how many people followed Chris into that whole political awareness. I'm not going to say correctness because I want to say awareness. Um, yeah. And he still fights that fight. I mean, you have to you have to really just say um, that's commitment, you know, because a lot of people yeah. after they become parents, after they become a little bit more complacent and maybe a little bit more mature and realistic. Yeah. Realistic yeah. can kind of be cynical and can somehow be apathetic. Um, yeah. And he still has, you know, gosh, go to his integrity. website. Yeah, integrity and just... He has integrity. He fights what He's he... sticking to it. He sticks to what he believes in and that is... Yeah. We need more of that. You know, we need more of that. I agree. Than, yeah, definitely. I totally agree. We definitely need more of that. Yeah. I mean, I think we have a lot of bands like that that I really respect their... Yeah this is a horrible term, but like their stick to like even when, <laughs> when, when it gets tough, they're still fucking holding their ground, you know, yeah. good riddance and anti-flag and bands like that, mm -hmm. where they don't always necessarily agree with either my or Mike's politics. Mm -hmm. We don't always see eye to eye, but at the same time, they respect us as uh, label owners and our business has always been, upfront and honest and you know yeah and so you don't always have you don't all your politics don't always have to 100 percent align mm -hmm. for you to be able to have a successful relationship with somebody yeah. yeah not everybody has to see this not everybody has to agree is what i'm trying to say no no <clears throat> and good riddance getting back together was the most weirdest craziest thing because um when they came to canada the first time in 1995 I was working, just driving Trigger Happy around, and I used to play in that band. And I don't know if you remember Trigger Happy. The, I do. Yeah. So they were opening for Good Riddance, and I did sound for Good Riddance. And then cut to six years later, I went across North America with Good Riddance in like 2000. Um, and then they come, like, I get this phone call. It's like, uh, this band is coming up and playing North by Northeast. Maybe you'd be interested in mixing them. I'm like, well, who? I'm like, well, like, we can't tell you. It's a secret. I'm like... Well, I'm not going to tell you this or no. It could be anybody. Like, who is this going to be? Okay, it's good right? riddance. It's good riddance. And like, oh, yeah, absolutely. I know these guys and, you know, have this history. And I was like, their first, it was uh, good riddance and mock that were touring up in Canada. And I think that was good riddance's right? first tour. That band is just a band of just a, everybody's their own person. It's crazy. Oh, my God. How unique right? every, each person in that band is. You know, I don't know how they get along. I, I mean, honestly, you said it. They are so different, all four of them. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> Russ in particular, for me, is always like, I I mean, obviously, they've been with us for so long. I adore all of them. Mm -hmm. But I'm such a really, I'm a really touchy-feely person. Mm -hmm. And so I love to hug and kiss all my friends, all my family, and all my band members. So mm -hmm. I go to a show and I see them, and I'm always like, touching them and like, yay, blah, blah. And Russ literally just half the time looks at his feet and, can, and I can tell by the way he's looking at me, he just can't wait to get away from me. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm touching him too much and he can't stand it. So I, so because of that, I always sort of attack him. 
Yeah. I was like, Russ, I know you hate it, but pretend you like it. I'm going to give you a big hug. Can you pretend that you really want to hug me right now? Yeah. Yeah. Like, Aaron, okay, I'll do it. And then he like runs yeah. away again. He's, yeah. <laughs> I he, love it. It's it, his, his whole demeanor is not for first impressions. That's for sure. The first time you meet Russ, you go, what the hell's your problem, dude? Like, come on. And you go, I don't think that guy likes me very much. I think. <laughs> That's what you think. <laughs> how many albums they've sold and then people come up to sign the album. Every person thinks that. I don't think he likes people. I know, right? Yeah. Right? But he's the but sweetest I guy. I label and I still sometimes get that impression, but I just know him. So I go, okay, I get it. It's yeah. just Russ. Yeah, definitely. And I love him so much. He's just lovely. He's mm-hmm. just, you know, he's just, he's, some people have a little bit of social anxiety. They just don't, mm-hmm. they don't. As much as maybe when he's on stage, it seems like he likes the attention. The second he gets off stage, he can't stand the attention. Yes. Oh, yeah. And, and he definitely doesn't like me kissing him on the cheek. He's no. not a fan of that. So no. I keep doing it. <laughs> At every chance I get, I just keep doing it. <laughs> and <laughs> because he, I can. He wants to be a Canadian so bad. He plays hockey. He watches hockey <laughs> no, right? games. You're not fooling anybody, Russ. He's not listening <laughs> to this. It's not regardless. <laughs> He's so funny. But uh, Chuck and I uh, used to, we were our, we were tour buddies on that whole tour when we did North America. And we would get in this thing, the RV, which was Roach's Coaches. I'm sure you're familiar, TSL Roach's Coaches. Yeah. And we would <laughs> yes. prank call people that were on my phone and on his phone because we, we'd be drinking in the, tour, in, the, in the RV while everybody's in the hotel room. And we would be right? calling people. And it was the best way to get away from everybody and have your own bed, you know, because they were... You know, <laughs> And we would prank call. We prank called Ben from the Boston's because I had his phone number. And uh, right? and uh, who else did we call? I can't remember. But everybody in my phone got a phone call at one point. You know? Oh my! You must have been popular. Oh, I could. I couldn't imagine that Chuck wouldn't already get his own bed because he's always trying to pull his pants down at every give, any given chance. He's trying to get naked. Yeah. So does he really have a lot of offers for for dudes trying to sleep with him? No. I'm guessing he always gets his own oh. bed. Is oh what yeah. I'm trying to say. Yeah, he's always trying to get naked and show you his stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a, definitely a trip. It's a trip with those guys for sure. Yeah, so I'm really, uh, I'm really happy that you guys have just stuck it out, you know, and and just kept kept doing it. You know, the same thing with politics is fighting that fight and trying to go against what the norm is. And I'm sure there's many times that you'd say, you know what, working at Walmart might be a little bit more fun at this point, or. <laughs> you know, and, and no. the struggles of being what would be considered a start, self-starting business, just alone yeah. the first four years or something must have just been like, is this, you know, but I know you said there was things that were working out, but the whole stress behind it is a, is a, is a heart stopper, right? Well, I know, but here's, here's the thing. Every, anytime I feel stressed out or start to feel whatever, overwhelmed or frustrated or sorry for myself, I have to remind myself that. For the last 25 years, I've really had a dream life. The fact that I am able to make a living off of something that makes me, gives me so much pleasure and makes me so happy and these relationships that I have formed and the fact that I can actually pay my rent mm-hmm. and you know pay for my child's expenses on something that I would do for free. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that's the whole thing is that when Mike and I started this, we, we, didn't, we never expected to make any money off mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. Like we were in college at the time and I, I kept my full-time job for three years after starting Fat Records. Mm-hmm. And I would come home in the afternoons and the evenings and the weekends and deal with like 
mail order and distributor and all of that because I thought there's no way this is ever going to turn a profit. And then it did. Yeah. And I still kept thinking at some point I'm going to have to go get a real job. Mm -hmm. And thank God that never happened. As it turns out, 25 years later, this is my real job. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it is my real job, I'm not allowed to ever be frustrated or stressed out or grumpy or like, well, they, <laughs> this is a dream job. I mean, yeah. come on, yeah. really? It's like, true. I'm, we're lucky to have this. Has there been uh, thinking into the next 10 or 15 years? Like, how are we going <sighs> to keep this going? Is there, I, you know, I'm sure you have a staff of sorts, but is there anybody to yeah. pa pass the reins to? Like, well, <laughs> it's so funny because there was this one interview that circulated, I don't know, a few weeks ago. Because they, cause the interviewer asked me a question, and he he asked me something similar, and I recanted to him this conversation that I had with my daughter Darla, because I was talking to her about it, and I was like, you know, this is she, she comes to fat a lot um, after school, or you know, it's summertime right now, so sometimes she has to go to work with me, and so we'll have conversations. I go, this is one day, this is going to be yours, and she just looked at me and she was like, I don't want this. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> what do you mean you don't want this? She's like, mom, no kid wants to follow in their parents' footsteps. I don't want to do this. She's 10? And I was like, she's 10. Oh my God. Because I don't want to do this. What am I going to, and I and I was like, Darla, you're the only child that daddy and I have, and this is your legacy. So when it's all said and done, this is going to be you. And she's like, all right, maybe I'll just turn it into an animal, animal sanctuary or like an animal hospital or yeah. something. Because she's it. obsessed with animals. Yeah. I know, right? I was like, what? So <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, it sounds silly, but I'm just saying we've never, there's never been a five-year plan, let alone a 10-year plan mm -hmm. or a 25-year plan. And I can just tell you that this last year, in my opinion, Bat Records, this is one of the strongest years that we've had. The fact that we had Lagwagon and Strung Out and Good Riddance and Swingin' Utters, all four of these bands put out great records in the span of the last year mm -hmm. and these are all core bands that have been with us since the get-go like this last year to me has been one of the best years we've ever had so i feel really excited about what the future brings and mm -hmm. i'm i'm not a person who ever tries to predict or project or say mm -hmm. you know here's what we're gonna do yeah but i just feel really great i just feel like all of these bands coming out with these really solid great records it means it, it says a lot about punk rock and mm -hmm. and you know going forward i think this just it's reinvigorating this whole genre and mm -hmm. I, I think last year's been great yeah i think everybody everything does its cycle i mean yeah. there you know when punk rock got reinvented and then it's uh, maybe it's coming around the bend again based on the fact that the people we're all parents now like we, yes. <laughs> we don't we're, we're our children's music sickens us that is essentially what the bottom line oh is. yeah the music like the I, I whatever all this crazy and the crazy silly tv shows that aren't around anymore because there's no yo, yo gabba gabba anymore which was the punkest kid show yo gabba gabba ever. was great it was amazing did you ever really see good. the Jimmy Eat World part where they're flying on cats and dogs? Yes, yes. Oh, that no, blew that my mind. Amazing. That blew yeah, my no, mind. That was great. And and that was There's nothing like that. Aquabats anymore. were yeah. on that, and all these other bands. Yeah. But we need that back. We need because it's always I'm like with you. the music that our children is listening to is is like um, bleeps and blops. It's horrible. It's like shrillix. Well, I don't let them. 
I don't let Darla listen to it. That's the thing. Oh, really? I've got a, I've got an all punk rock rule in my house. Mm-hmm. Like for reals. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you can't. I don't. If you if you're gonna go outside the house, like you're gonna go have a sleepover at your friend's house, you want to listen to this crap? That's fine. But in my <laughs> house and in my car, we're listening to punk rock, and that's all we're gonna listen to. That is so, incredible. <laughs> no, it's true. Good for you. So she really likes. Uh, she's a huge fan of Mass Intruder. Yeah. That works for her. Yeah. In fact, she she went to Fiona Sly had a birthday party in which it was uh, "Come as Your Favorite Rock Star" theme. So Darla dressed up as Intruder Blue and went to Fiona Sly's birthday party as Intruder Blue, which I thought was so cute. That's amazing. Um, and she really likes Old Man Markley. Like she likes the popier. She's she's okay with like TBR, Teenage Bottle Rocket, but she can't. Like I was listening to Pears the other day in the car. And literally, she got about, I'm going to give her a minute and a half in, and she literally started screaming at me. She's like, what is this? This is horrible. Turn it off. It's like, no, you're wrong. You're wrong. This is amazing. You just need to keep listening to it. She's like, I hate it. I tried to get my son. I have a 12-year-old, and I have an 8-year-old. And I tried to get my son into real music, and it turned into... um, a total struggle because he has friends yeah. that listen to the bleeps and blops and they all have right. iPods. They can do what they want. And yeah. I, I'm proud to say my son knows who the Ramones are. He knows that. There you go. You know, and he That's knows, something. and he knows actually, um, I don't know if I have it, but the album cover of the Fairmounts is him playing pots and pans. So he's on a punk rock album cover. And then that got released actually with um, Todd Green. Um, oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but he put put it out on vinyl so it's like this big and it's it's hanging in his room so he understands that dad comes from punk rock but right but you know how it is kids don't want to be like what your daughter said before they don't want to be what you were because that's just not cool i know you know but you- i force it with her because i just say look do you like this house do you like these vacations <laughs> that we take do you like i'm like if you like any of this then you have to appreciate punk rock because it bought everything in this house. Amazing. It buys it buys your private school. It buys your vacations. Punk rock is everything. You're not allowed to not like punk rock. Unacceptable. <laughs> so get on board. Here's all the bands you can listen to. Find one that you like. Mm-hmm. And let me know. Because she's not, I will be honest, she, she does, the, the really poppy band she's okay with. I, I wish she would like No Effects a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> but she's not. I think she thinks her dad's kind of crazy on stage, and so she's not a huge fan of that, to be honest. Like I, try, imagine looking, I keep trying. Look through like a <laughs> an eight or six year old girl's eyes at no a no effect show. I know she just thinks her dad's nuts on stage. She goes, she goes, mommy, that's not daddy. Yeah, the part where what's the section where they just tell racist jokes? Um, <laughs> I know. I, I know. There's like, there's so many levels of which it's not appropriate for her. <laughs> and yet I keep trying to push it on her. And mm. then one day I literally had an epiphany because we, we all just went out to uh, Europe a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, no effects and Alkaline Trio and Lagwagon were all doing a bunch of shows together. Mm-hmm. And we had already planned to go out and have a vacation anyway. So I thought, oh, I'm going to take Darla and we'll all go to a couple shows in Leeds and we'll co- a couple shows in London. So we went. And I just, I had an epiphany at one point where I was like trying to, I was literally lecturing her, trying to explain to her why it was important for her to stay up and watch her dad play music. 
Yeah. And then suddenly I was like, what am I doing? She's tired. She's jet lagged. And she thinks her daddy is wearing a dress <laughs> and she doesn't understand any of it. And she was like, that's not daddy. Mom, I don't really get it. Can we go back to the hotel? I'm tired. Oh. Like, um, all right. <laughs> Let's go. I used to work for uh, uh, Sum 41 in the early 2000s. Oh. I, was, I was their first tour manager. And uh, we did the Warp Tour with no effects in Green Day. 2000, and 2000 or 2001? One of those years. Oh, I my can't. God. We're so old. I know. My, Not you, me, us, we collectively. Um, we are all old. So me, yeah. I, uh, it's some 40 funds real, real first tour. And we're doing the Warp Tour. And no effects had just put out heavy petting zoo. So that gives you a timeline. I have <laughs> right. never laughed so hard. And in between, between songs on a no effects concert, I was, I, I, and I came up with this idea. And I'll pitch it to you because you are co-founder okay. of the label. Just put a, a live album out of the banter, introducing the song, right. introducing the songs, and then <laughs> click, 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 and then the last note of the song, and then more banter. Just banter. Would this be, would this be a comedy album? You could frame it as that. Spoken be word. Like in the comedy section? Could be. Spoken word. It could be a whole, it could yeah. be a whole new avenue, you know? <laughs> But I, yeah. I listened to it, and, and uh, Mike says, uh, we have a new album out. It's much better than that Bad Religion album. I was just like, this is the best shit I've ever heard in my entire life. So, <laughs> but all off the cuff, well, too. Well, that's because Mike is not afraid to say what everybody else is thinking. <laughs> yeah. Because everybody else thinks it, and they go, I can't say that. I'm going to get in trouble. And then Mike just goes, I don't give a shit. And he <laughs> says it anyway. And that's the essence. Having that voice behind you, you need to sort of be able to you know, um, defend what you're saying. And I, every moment I was sucked in, I'm like, oh my God, this is the best show I've ever, <laughs> you know, there's, right. there's Billy Joe. He's so high on cocaine right now. That was my other favorite quote. And I'll never forget those quotes about just like <laughs> how amazingly funny these, these shows are. And I think you should do a live album, call a live album, but then just say the bits in between or whatever. I don't know. Amazing, amazing stuff. The, the bits and bobs. The bits and bobs. The the stuff the bits that and the, bobs. the stuff that gets us in trouble. That stuff. Yeah. Documented. The stuff that's gonna go. That's gonna get us sued. Yeah. It's amazing. For slander. Yeah. Like all over the place. <laughs> that's it. It's called slander. That's the album right We're there. We're gonna call the record slander. Yeah. That's exactly it. We're gonna call it slander. Because you're admitting to it, and therefore, in a court of law, that's not because you're admitting to it. It's not slander. That's how that works, right? No? I don't think that's how it works at oh, all. Okay. I don't think that's how any of this works at all. Maybe just in Canada. Maybe it would work just that way. Yeah, because you guys aren't litigious and crazy and not sue happy. And We're learning. We're learning from the best. No. Yeah. Please don't. We Ugh. do. Oh, gosh. Where I work in an institute, I work at a university. There's so many SOPs and this and that and rules and this is what we do and uh, do, uh, due diligence to, so you don't sue us when you fall down the stairs like all oh, this crazy stuff it's insane what our society's uh, turned into ridiculous yeah yeah i believe we're getting up to the end of our uh our hour here and uh i have had a good time and uh, you know what you're coming yeah? to toronto yeah i am yes okay well then we should probably um meet in person and have a drink and uh for sure I think it's... Was there anything I was supposed to plug that I didn't plug? I don't know. I'm not good at these things. I don't do them very often. No. There's something about a documentary, right? Well, to be honest, I haven't seen it. So <laughs> <laughs> I can't, 
no, it's weird. There's a, there's a there's a misconception about this documentary because it's not we're not part of it, oh. and I don't think people actually know that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, this was an it's an independent filmmaker who is a huge Fat Records fan mm-hmm. who took it upon himself and decided that he wanted to do a Fat Records documentary, which is great, but we didn't actually know about it until we started getting contacted by fans and some other band members who said I was requested to be interviewed by this person and blah, 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 whatever. So it's a, it's, it's an interesting um, story. Mm-hmm. I think that hopefully it's going to be great, but it's not a fat records production and we don't have any creative control over it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he definitely interviewed our bands. He interviewed me. He interviewed Mike. Hopefully it's going to be interesting. I, I'm a little, I'm, I'm curious to see how it all turns out as well. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird when there's a documentary being made about you that you're not making. Yes. So we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's going to be good. Yeah. I'd li- I, I'm really hoping to see the screening before everybody else sees it, but I don't know. It can be, okay. it can no. be you know what, it's going to be good as long as they don't have an agenda. Because that's the problem with documentaries that have agendas. Either yeah. the agenda is like so positive, everything's awesome. They're the base, they cured cancer. And then there's the, I can't believe how horrible people these are. They let me down. And why, what's up with these one right. album deals? This sucks, you know, that stuff. Right. So they, if they have an agenda. No, no, no. This kid, this kid, he's a big fan. He's, mm-hmm. I know he comes from a good place. His heart, I mean, definitely. He's just a huge Fat Records fan. He loves our label. He loves our bands. It's absolutely a labor of love. I can't say enough good okay. things about the, Sean, who's doing it. Very so. Cool. I'm just saying it feels a little strange to me because I'm we don't have any control over it, but mm-hmm. it's he's definitely a good person and he's all it's all about what a huge fan he is of the of the of the label. So that's cool. I'm sure it'll be interesting. The uh, and then there's backstage passport two. Yeah, so that's happening. That those crazy antics are unfolding. We're also doing we're doing a screening in San Francisco, mm-hmm. uh, the Friday leading up to our uh, two day festivities. Uh, in San Francisco, there's going to be a screening and they're going to do a Q&A. You know, it's like, without saying too much, I will say that I feel like Kent was sort of the um, crazy person in Backstage Passport 1. Mm-hmm. So Mike is kind of the crazy person in Backstage Passport 2. So they sort of, there's still, there's still a lunatic involved. They just <laughs> changed a little bit. Yeah. They, they have different faces. But, you know, it's definitely... It's a good time. Yeah. It's definitely interesting. <laughs> yeah, I heard Kent watched one and decided to change a few things in his life. Yeah, he actually decided to be sober after he watched the, the Russian train episode from Backstage Passport 1. Wow. He watched that where he was a mess. Yeah. Um, and, he, and he watched that. I think he actually came home and he was watching it with his wife, who was one of my very best friends. Mm-hmm. And he had a moment where he just looked at her and she was like, uh-uh. And then he he quit drinking. He was sober for a good number of years after that. Mm-hmm. So something good comes of it. Oh, that's a cautionary tale of what not to do on tour. Right, but it's I'm just saying it's good. It's good, solid entertainment for the rest of us. My gosh, I I show it to people a few seconds on YouTube and say, "There you go. What do you think of that?" There <laughs> and you it's go. insanity. It's the kind of stuff I hope my daughter never ever see. This yeah. why this is why my daughter's not allowed to have a YouTube account or an Instagram account right. or any of these things. And and she's ten, and mm-hmm. so she lo- literally is complaining to me. She's like, "Mom, all my friends have an Instagram account." I'm like, "Sorry, 
The second you get on Facebook or Instagram and start looking up your dad, I'm going to have a lot of explaining to do. So the longer I can keep this away from you, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to hold on to it. Yeah. And right? uh, I don't know what you do. I, th I guess you can just put the parental controls up to um, Christian and then uh, that's it. Right. And then nobody. <laughs> <laughs> parental controls up to Christian. Yeah, right up there. Right up to <laughs> right go. up to almost Amish. Like Amish there you too. Go. Yeah. Amish is even better. Yeah. 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 And then um what else what else is there's so much going on. I mean, because I sort of you like what you said, it is it is probably the most productive year, right? I was just trying to make sure that I wasn't gonna hang up the phone and then I was gonna have, you know, Melanie go, Why didn't you plug blah blah blah? Yeah. I'll be like, I, I don't know, I forgot. Cause I was because I'm so enjoying talking to you and it just feels like a conversation that yeah. maybe I forgot I was supposed to be doing a job. Well that's good. Sorry. That's good. <laughs> I you know, yeah. um I, we gotta thank Melanie for hooking this up too. Uh Melanie K. Yeah. I heard she's Absolutely. being a wedding planner this week. Oh my god, she's crazy, right? Yeah. Well, she's doing but she's also she's been I was trying to fly her in for the San Francisco shows and then she's got something that she's doing with her husband's parents so her in-laws are having mm. it's like she's got all of these weird weddings and scheduling things happening and i was like um okay but i kind of think that records being 25 is a bigger deal maybe <laughs> not i don't know her acapella all-girl singing choir i oh, right i saw it at the bovine did you yeah oh my god it was super was fun it? spike got up and sang with them it was it was hot oh of this my god, world that's awesome i missed that that's it, awesome i think there's a video creeping around somewhere but um, on YouTube, yeah, right. seeing Spike in the middle of a bunch of middle-aged women singing—I forget what song I they were singing. It. it was beautiful. It's beautiful. I love it. I am woman. Hear me roar. Did he sing that? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Spike and I did an episode actually where we just drove around my, in my car, and he played. The, I saw that. Yeah, that turned out pretty fun. He's a he's a that fun dude. Yeah. You know, Spike used to work in our warehouse at Fat Records, and he yes. used to just before he was in any band at all. Mm -hmm. He literally just worked in our warehouse, and he used to do shipping, and he would sing all day long. And that's honestly like pretty much how he ended up in the band. Is yeah. we would listen to him all day long. I'm like, God, that guy's got some golden pipes. Yeah. Why are we not utilizing this? <laughs> we should not be shipping records. We yes. should be putting him on. We should be making money off of him. Yeah. He's, in a band. He's being wasted back here. <laughs> he's so committed to the part, too. I mean, I don't know. Well, I I called it almost like Kaufman-esque, like method acting this part of yeah. I'm a ukulele player and I'm into my shit. <laughs> you can't tell me. And I can see through his glasses on, on the on the video that he's yeah. deadpan, like, oh, singing oh, yeah. Gilbert O'Sullivan. That's Spike. <laughs> No, he's great. He's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Well, if you see him, tell him I say hi. Maybe you'll remember me. And uh, All right. But, I will. Well, thanks so much for, for, for doing this. I'm, so I'll be in Toronto next Wednesday. So will you be at that bovine, the pre-party? Yes. The... Oh, I'm I... supposed to plug that. That's what I'm supposed to plug, Okay. Right? Yeah. August 5th at the bovine. Um, there you go. It's upstairs and downstairs, right? At both the tiki bar and the... I, I think so. Yes, the Maybe bovine. that sounds right to me. Will you be there? I believe I am. I, I, I think I work till a certain time, and then I'm going to come down and, and say hi. Thank you so much, Aaron. Okay. Aaron Burkett of Fat Records. That was a good one, right? Yeah. Everybody, thanks so much for listening to this podcast. It's very cool. Be sure, once again, to 
rate and review the show in iTunes. It's called the Apologue Podcast. Tell your friends. I have some previous episodes that I did with Fat Records fans and people. You can go to this podcast description and it'll tell you which episodes and who, who I interviewed over the past nine months or so. Please go to iTunes if you're there to rate and review the show. Give it some stars. Give it a good review. Give it a bad review. It doesn't matter. Just give it a review. Okay? That's all I ask. It takes two minutes. Helps the show out. Awesome. Also, if you wouldn't mind coming over to Facebook and liking that, search out Apolog Podcast and like that. Go to the website, apolog.ca. You can subscribe there as well. Get an email notification whenever you get a new awesome episode of this podcast. That'd be cool. What else do I need to tell you? I haven't already told you at the start. But uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash That'd be very cool. Pledge or don't pledge. Next week, we have the YouTube brother. The YouTube brother is a guy who actually has gained notoriety all over the internet for dressing like a mirror ball. And he's probably, he's the biggest YouTube fan in the world. And he got up on stage with them just yesterday uh, as I'm taping this. He's been up three times. He's, his band even got up to play. So that's kind of neat. So we talk a little bit about that. So everybody, we'll see you next week. I'll be here. Bye.